This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partners in crime, Jared Timms, and John Crane. We're back. Most of the crew together. Not all of us, but at least most of us are here. It's a different kind of show for us today. Probably, probably a little bit of venting, probably a little bit of complaining, probably a little bit of John crying like a schoolgirl. But in the end, we're going to talk some Angels baseball. Jared, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to uh, sit back and play the analyst role today and not the host role. Let you do your thing. Me, my thing. My thing. We should have John host it one of these days. (laughs) That'd be good. You know, and John, I got to tell you, you made me sick this morning, dude. I I just couldn't believe it when I saw this. (laughs) John... John posts, he changes, I think, was it your profile picture? He changes it. To a, a bare-chested Tom Brady as his profile picture on Facebook, and I, I threw up in my mouth. I just, I couldn't do it. It was horrific. It was, dude. I do, I do that annually. That's an annual picture I put up when it. Well, annually when Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, which is pretty much close to annually. So uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's from the archives. I just go into profile pics. Pull up my oh own one and gosh. put it up, man. You know what? I love me some Tom Brady. You know. All right, stop before I throw up. Yeah, I agree there with Adam Sandler, who just tells us stop for throw. You make me sick, man. Enough with the. <laughs> Enough with it. Oh my gosh! And you know what's worse is I know that Jared Tim's over there is on the same crazy boat you are, but he's just quieter about it. Yeah. The Michigan, the Michigan product, the prodigy. Oh gosh! <laughs> I, I guess we know. I guess we know who needed who more, Belichick or Brady. Hmm. I guess we now know the answer. Well, I mean, honestly, the the Patriots have been slowly on the way down for a while now. Sooner or later, is going to catch up to him and like, losing your quarterback. Let him go, for that matter. Kind of, you know. Pushed him over the edge. Patriots off Derek, the cliff. Derek, always the uh, Belichick uh, apologist, huh, Dan Jared? He's always the Belichick I am not apologist. in any way apologizing for Belichick there. Not remotely. Actually blows my mind that he let his guy go when he's still capable of it. I, I felt that 
Tom Brady's been on his way downhill for a while now, but and I still believe that. But we sometimes the physical skills may diminish, but the the mind can make up for that. And we saw that in the la- the back half of Michael Jordan's career. We saw we've seen that with LeBron's career. LeBron's not the same guy he was when you know, he's eighteen, nineteen. There's no way your body can do the same things at age thirty six, thirty seven as age eighteen. But uh, you know, Tom Brady is going to have his way to make things work. And by the way, that it would not shock me at all today, guys. It would not shock me at all, not one bit, if Tampa wins this game. That's a talented team, and that hit its stride at the right time. Would not shock me at all. Jared? Uh, I hope not, because that's what I'm planning on winning. But go ahead, Jared. I'm excited for the game to be over so we get baseball season. <laughs> well, if we get wow. it. I mean, I know we're, we know the players have been pushing for that whole you know month delay thing, but it looks like MLB's yeah. kind of standing pat. I also read that they're going to have a, a limited, but they are going to have attendance at spring training. Mm. I mean... It's about that was time. the only baseball. That was the only baseball I saw last year was in spring training. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it's a game that's meant to be played in front of people, not in front of empty stands. So, you know, about time. Blows my mind. They played a whole sixty-game season last year with nobody in the stands. This is how they're doing it. No, Doctor Fauci. Doctor Fauci was there at the World Series, and then the World Series was actually you know in the World Series. That was last year. No, when was that? No, that was this year. But uh, uh, Texas allowed some fans in the World Series, some Dodger fans. So uh, <coughs> we got places where fans have attended games, just not at, just not in Anaheim. All right, folks. Before we move on, check it out. Your sponsor. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at. Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. And now, back to talking Halos. All right, so all those things in mind, it's it's a sad thing that we went a whole year without baseball, but there are a couple things we want to talk about now that I think have been... I know that Jared told me he's been avoiding a little bit just because he wanted to get our thoughts on it. Mickey Calloway. Mickey Calloway's been accused by multiple women of tomfoolery, shall I say, when he was managing the Mets. And now the Angels have suspended him. Major League Baseball is investigating. I am wondering your all of your thoughts on it. I guess I'll give mine when I hear from you guys here. But this is a train wreck for the Angels on one side. I mean, your pitching coach, who happens to be, on my view, one of the better ones in the league, right before the season starts, is you have to look for a new one? John, what are your thoughts? I think in today's world, you got to look for a new one. Yeah, that's what I think. 
unless if, as long as they prove, I mean, I think there needs to be, I would like there to be a thorough investigation, not just accusations, because uh, they are just, I, from what I read, they're allegations. There should be a thorough investigation. And if there's any validity to it, again, I say, I mean, I, I'm not justifying, not justifying 50 years ago. I'm just saying, I don't see how you would keep him on board under these, uh, in this environment. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And like you said, I, I've been tiptoeing around. If anybody's listened to the last couple of podcasts, you know, I've, uh, I, I, I've kind of said my piece haven't really, but I, I think it's time, you know, the, the angels are just going to have to move a different direction, especially like what John said in, in today's world that we live in, there's just, there's no real place for it. And, Again, there's no none of us will be backing up what Mickey Calloway did by any means, especially you know if that stuff comes out that it was true, because I mean of course we don't know that yet. They're just allegations, but if it does come out that it, it was true, in no way are any of us backing up what Mickey Calloway has done or or did. But yeah, like I said I mean you still just kind of got to kind of be patient on it and wait it out and wait for you know the whole investigation to to happen, but. I mean, it doesn't look good, and I don't think he'll be back in an Angels uniform ever, or in a baseball uniform ever, to be honest. Like, this is one of those things where it might ruin his career. And Again, like you guys said, he's a great pitching coach. He really is, and we saw what he did with the Angels staff last year, and, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to see him go, and especially this late in the offseason. You can't go out and find a, find a pitching coach that easily. I'd say it's much more about the – I think the overall issue for me, and what I mean is this: we've been the whole, we've been in the Me Too thing now for a couple of years, and a lot of the narrative has been believe all women, and we've had, um, in some cases, people who were found to be not so believable. So I, I guess I have a, an issue with a couple of things. It's just a question, okay? Because I'm going to, one, before I even go any further, let me, let me say this flat out. What I'm hearing, I believe he did it. Okay? I believe he did. I believe he's guilty of sin. However, a couple of questions I have for here that I would like some answers on. This guy left New York, went to, went to the Angels, and now, after all this time, after he's been our pitching coach for a year, this comes up? Why? You're hurting our organization. You're, you're, what are you, why? And I know some will say, well, they fear for repercussions. Not in today's world. In today's world, if you come out and, you, and you're saying, this is a different world. When you come out and you say someone did something um, like this, it's not the same. It is not the same as it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we, we saw it in Hollywood. You were getting shut down. You were getting hammer uh, in a very negative way. Women were being tore up. Now in today's world, if you have done this and you come forward, A, it's brave and you're applauded for it and you should be applauded for it. So my question is, why wait a year? There's there's a lot of things. Why? What was going on there that made that kept this from coming out? And again, that's not a Christian towards anybody. I really just want to know why. B, um, who knew if, if this is true, who knew? Because it can't just be the ladies. Other people have seen this. There's no way. This There's just no way in a sport like baseball, a locker room that big, 
in an area that, you know, that this doesn't get around. People knew somewhere. And I believe that's why the angels suspended him. If they found no reason to, if they found no reason to believe this story, they wouldn't have suspended him. And I know that's kind of like what they always suspend now. No, I don't think so. I think, just judging how they did it, they waited a couple days and then they suspended. To me, that means they, they saw enough evidence to say, yep, let's get him out of here. Does that make sense or do I, am I completely disagreeable here? Because I'm worried about I'm worried about my comments here. I'm worried that my, that my comments are going to offend somebody, that my thoughts are going to offend somebody in this. But I hope they're, and I hope they're not offensive. They're not meant to be. I'm just saying that it doesn't... I, I want to know more about this story because this affects the entire organization. This is February. He should have been gone by now if he's going to be fired. And he's going to be fired. Well, the, the, the allegations are, at least the ones I've read, are easily provable. You know, sending a shirtless photo of himself, asking one journalist for nude photos. I don't know. Maybe he did that on purpose. I don't know or if, he, if there's a text. But if he sent a shirtless photo of himself, uh, that should be easily provable. And, uh, you know, he asked, said he'd give inside information for drinks. Again, I don't know if that's, it, that's provable or not. Uh, the, the, you know, I mean, if you want to say there's an, an issue in maybe his defense, and I don't know if these people, you know, they're, they're all anonymous. None of them have, have actually come forward. Like you said, Derek, in today's world, you're, you're, you're it's, I don't know. I, you know, I guess I have daughters. So, I mean, I'm just saying I, I have, I have daughters. So three daughters, I, I'm good. Uh, but, uh, um, I'm very, def- you know, defended of, of, of women. But um, again, their allegations. Obviously, there was some merit to them because they did suspend him. Um, but I don't see if if they can't come out and totally absolve him of this, prove prove that he is absolutely innocent. Then then I don't see that they really have a choice in this day's world. The only other thing I'll say is too, and I've always said this, you know, as somebody who was in management for my whole life, and I'm not inappropriate in any way, shape, or form, but you need to know your audience. There are people, there are friends I can say some things to, and there are friends I can say, I say and I mean, I'm saying it's totally, because if you're joking, you should know your audience, and you should know what you're saying. They know you're joking, or you know, you can have different relationships with different people. And um, so I don't know if maybe he, just you know, confuse his relationship with one person or the other. Um, but but these are kind of I you know I've never asked any friend to send me nude photos. I don't think so, even in a joking tone. So uh, these are pretty pretty easily improvable things. And if he's and if he's if he's not completely absolved, he's got to go. Jared, yeah, you know it's it's. I said I, I'm going to continue to to repeat it but it, it's a tough situation it is and it's a, it's a very tough time for this to come out like i said in february it, it's tough but you do have to go back to the to the mets and figure out you know like why didn't it come out with the mets was it because he was the manager and it's okay when you're a manager and now all of a sudden you're the pitching coach and now it's like well oh he's in anaheim it's easy to get away with it and in or get him in trouble now in anaheim instead of New York, you know, and it, it it brings, you know, it starts bringing up a lot of questions. It really does. Like, did the Angels know about this when they hired him? Probably not. I would, I would assume actually not. I'm sure that there is rumors about, but rumors are what they are. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just, it's a tough situation at the end of the day. And I would assume he's, he's going to get fired, you know, just plain and simple. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it just bothers me in how it went down. I I totally believe what these ladies are saying. I think that if if it weren't true, you would have gotten a stronger response from Mickey Calloway than you got. I mean, it was kind of a weak response. It was, you know, kind of a how do I say it? Like a one of those perception kind of thing. I mean, I'm sorry that you don't see things like this way kind of kind of response. And that tells me that you're not really able to to examine this and, and go you don't want to say, hey, I did it because then your career really is done. But you don't want to also fess up because your career's done. So you're trying to middle your way through it hoping you can survive it. And Usually those are the people who are the most guilty. You know, it sounds kind of weird to say that, but the ones who kind of try and hide behind them, that's how you perceived it kind of comment. That's how I took it from him. And and, uh, that rubbed me the wrong way. But I mean, I am seriously concerned though. Are my thoughts here out of the ballpark on it, John? Are they wrong? No, 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 no. I think you're, no. I don't disagree with much what you're saying. It's it's you know it's one of those dicey things. You got to walk around. You, you even us. We feel like we have to say the right thing under this situation. You know it's uh and 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 the Angels are you know they're a major league baseball team. So um, image and, and image and look is important here. Perception is important here. Well, it's more especially from what they've been through the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You need to have a squeaky yes. clean organization. You need to be on. Everything top to bottom, you need to be squeakier clean than squeaky clean about anything have to do with it. Now, the other thing that's been part of our uh, our podcast the last year, year and a half, is the potential pursuit of Trevor Bauer. I know you've talked a lot about it, Jared, without us around. I guess it's our turn, and you can throw some different thoughts in there. I'm going to say it first, and I won't explain myself yet, but. John, I can tell you right now, I am I'm pretty disappointed that the Angels backed off this, but you know what? I'm also not surprised. What are your thoughts on it? Me, I, I feel like we could have just replayed, you know, this is now the second beginning uh, season. Well, this is our third year of the podcast, and I, and I feel like I could just replay all my comments from last year, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not defending again this year because last year it was – uh, we signed a lot of one-year contracts. We're looking for next year. We're gonna. So this is just gonna play this out. We're gonna try to compete and rebuild on the fly. And what are all the terms? You know, all the terms they like to use: rebuild on the fly. And anyways, and here we are. You know, signed a bunch of one-year contracts. Uh, um, you know, we got a reliever uh, and and Russell, um, and uh, but other than and then a couple couple you know mid mid starters we don't need mid starters we need you know fit in the middle of the rotation we need we needed a front line starter and we still haven't gotten it done um you know i, I was i you know i i think you saw jared i mean uh, uh, jared uh, derek you know my my displeasure with the dodgers signing and uh you know and and of course my dodger friends are like hey well you guys you know you guys got dexter fowler so you know relax you know <laughs> this is just this is life in L.A. with the team who just won the World Series and signed the top free agent uh, the following year. 
it's just now it's extremely, extremely frustrating. I am done with this rebuild on the fly. And it to me, I mean, switch Perry Manassian out with um, with Billy Epler. I mean, what what are we doing different this year? I don't see. We signed two middle of the road starters, uh, you know, who had mixed success. One had very good success. One got sick, sick last year. So. I don't have a lot of big expectations for what we've done so far, but I'm sure you guys can settle me on that and explain to me how everything's fallen in place. Now, John, you bring up a really good point with it. it well, why, why get rid of Billy Epler if you're going to continue to do the same thing? You know, like there was a plan in play. The plan hasn't gone through fully. Why, why get rid of him? You know, you're back at the same spot. You're still signing the same people. You're still – putting the same guys out there, you know? I mean, yes, I think they've had a pretty good offseason when you look at it on paper. They spent $30 million and filled almost every hole so far. But at the end of the day, it's like, why why get rid of Billy Epler then? You know, the farm system's similar. The farm system's still good. The farm system's built up. I know a lot of people don't like it. And especially what Joe Adele did last year, I mean, you can wash that down the drain. But what's what's the point of bringing in Manassian, you know, if Epler is doing the same thing? You know, if Artie's... No, I don't think Artie's controlling this. I really don't. I think that I think that Madden has some say in it as well, and I think that we're seeing some of the moves right now being put into play by Madden. Alex Cobb, Jose Quintana, Dexter Fowler, a lot of guys played with Madden in certain in Tampa or in Chicago. So, yeah, I I I, I do question it as well. I I don't know why you'd get rid of Billy Epler if you know we're doing you're doing the same thing one year deals. And looking forward to next year. I mean, yes, next year they have a lot, a lot, a lot of money come off the books, but they also have a lot, a lot, a lot of holes as well. So, I'd say the only thing I can think of is that last part. They have a lot of money coming off the books next year, so we're trying to prepare for next year. The problem is, is next year is one more year older for Mike Trout and one more year older for Rendon. So, how long do you want to keep playing this game for? For once, I mean, you, you weren't in the luxury tax last year. Just screw it and go in the tax ban. For one year, do it. Go get your guy. Just do it. This whole thing of, well, we're going to, we have the plan. You've had the plan. You're still following the same plan. But yeah, so why get rid of the guy? In this case, you're trying to prepare for next year. I, I get it. I see it. You're, you're clearing things out. You see Albert coming off the books. You see, listen. You got to look at your roster. And if you got a guy who's in his prime and has shown, by the way, a little more propensity of late to get hurt, you better get in there because you don't know where he's going to be in three, four years. Go get your series. Go get go get to the playoffs now because you can't count on that forever. It's just how it is. I'm just frustrated that we're going to keep playing this game. And, you know, you guys know I'm a Rams guy. The Rams did this for years, too. And it got them nowhere. Back in the early 2010s. Had a couple years that you went and got a bunch of one-year guys. Trying to fill holes. Quality guys. Except they didn't want to be in quality for them. How many times have they set a one-year contract now and they don't want it being quality for us? For whatever reason. I mean, I just, at this point, I get tired of it. I get tired of, of watching... Trout's career kind of get wiped away. I don't think Trout signed up for this. I used to say, and John, you've heard me say it, Trout's not getting wasted. 
Trout knew what the plan was and signed on with it, so therefore his career is not being wasted because he made this decision all on his own. I don't think he signed up for this. I think when he signed up, he was sold the idea that we're this close, we're going to go for it now, bam, 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 and now they're not. To, to me, this is the first year that I can start say, start agreeing with people that Trout is being wasted. And, and, and another thing that, that we need to pay attention to is we have gone after some free agents over the last few years. And they've said no. They've chose other destinations. So even if we come with, you know, a train load of money next year, that doesn't mean we're not mm-hmm. going. We're going to get. Uh, we're going to get that person that we. Uh, okay, how many people have we already thought we were going to get? I mean, everybody dreamed. Okay, we'll get Trevor Brown. We last last year we'll get Garrett Cole. We're going to get. You know, I mean, uh, uh, it, it's just it's just been we've got no's. We've got no's, and now we've replaced everybody. We've replaced everybody but the owner who people could at least blame and say, well, they said no because of, uh, you know, the general manager. They said no because they don't want to play for that manager. Uh, you know, well, we've gotten rid of all those people. So we, we need a yes and we need to spend some money, some big yeses with some big money contracts. And I, it ain't going to happen this year. So I, I, I think you can officially – if you were on the fence support four, I think this is the official first year of Mike Trout, in my mind, being wasted. Jared? Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree. And it's not a a great free agent class next year either. I mean, you look at first base, Anthony Rizzo's a free agent. Freddie Freeman's a free agent. If you need a first baseman, which I'm going to assume the Angels may need, depending on what Jared Walsh does, starting pitching class isn't you know, that much isn't that much better. I mean, Max Scherzer is one of the guys out there, and he's 38 years old. So, I mean, Justin Verlander, I think, is a free agent, and he's going to be close to 40 years old. So it's not like it gets any any better next year. I mean, the shortstop class is pretty solid. But other than that, it's like, well, you know, I don't know why you're clearing out the cap space. or I, Not that the baseball has cap space. I don't know why you're clearing out the money to, to do something next year if – there's not a whole lot to do, <laughs> so. But I, when it when it comes to Trevor Bauer, let me let me turn this full circle. I'm not upset that they didn't get him for that price. That is an astronomical amount of money to spend on a pitcher who's going to pitch 32 games for you this year, and with the CBA next year, hopefully you get a season with all the argument that's been going on between the players and MLB. So I, I'm I am okay with it in a sense. Like forty million dollars next year. If the Angels were in the Dodger situation, I'd okay it. I'd say yeah, you know the Angels can push and go get that because they're close to a World Series team. But looking at them, I mean, how many games do they are the Angels going to win next year? Are they a a five hundred team next year? Are they a ninety win team or are they a seventy two win team? Like I, it, it's and we've gone into the we've gone into every season of the past five years or so saying that like, well, what are they going to be? They could be a seventy-two win team. They could also be a ninety-win team if everything goes right and nothing has gone right yet, of course. But yeah, you know, you look at it and Trout's in his prime, Rendon's in his prime, Otani's in his prime. Haven't hasn't been really healthy, but Otani's in his prime. Bundy and Heaney are in their in their prime, so. Yeah, it, it's, it's don't forget don't forget David Fletcher. Don't forget David, David Fletcher. Yes, David Fletcher is he's I'd say he's in his prime actually. I was I was thinking he might be a little younger to be in his prime, but I'd say he's in his prime right now. So yeah, you know it's 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 tough, but also 
I mean, David Fletcher isn't a free agent for a little while, and I think you have to look at extending him at some point because David Fletcher is doing really good things. But, you know, back to back to Bauer, I'm not upset that they didn't pay $85 million for two years to get a, a pitcher that maybe pushes them into the playoffs. So I, I'm I'm okay with it at, at this point. If it would have been – if the Dodgers would have signed him for six years, 25 five to 27 million dollars a year i would be a little bit more skeptical a little bit more upset about it but for that amount of money that bauer signed it it's not that's not doing it because he's just going to take the 85 million and walk away and go sign another free agent contract after the year after that and make more money than that 17 million so it's it's not really that though jared it's not just that it's if they hadn't struck out on it on pitching all these years in a row, you can look at the Bowers, the non-Bauer signing, the lack of a Bauer signing, and go, okay, you know, I get it. Okay, but that's not what's happened. That's not what's happened. And for years we defended this. Defending people that we still disagree with on like 90% of stuff. We defended this stuff to those people. Okay. But in the end... If you want to win, you got to take the dive. And they just never seem to be able to take a dive on a pitcher. But are they th- are they that close to really having to take – like do they need to take that dive? Would you look at the roster and say, yes, Mike Trout's on the team. Yes, Anthony Rendon's on the team. You have Albert Pujols in his last year who would probably like to win a championship. But, you know, at this point in the Angels, you know, look at their lineup, look at their roster. Are they close enough where – Going out and signing Trevor Bauer for forty to forty-five million dollars—does it make the fans happy? Maybe, and it probably actually, I take that back. Yes, it probably does make the fans happy. But does it make him a playoff team, if not a World Series team? I don't think so. I, I really don't. And I know that's that's besides the point. And we've been saying this year in and year out, and it, it is starting. It's going to be very hard to defend this this rotation this year going into it because I know I'm going to because I kind of like what they have rolling into it, and I've said that the last five years. But it, it, it is going to be tough to defend it. But I, I think that, I mean, on paper, the, the rotation isn't isn't as bad as what people are saying. And again, it, it feels that's that's just repetitive. That is, that's the definition of insanity. You know, the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that's what that's what's happening again this year. Uh, well, on paper, potential, yeah, the Angels' starting staff is 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 a good is a good looking staff, but I mean, are things are are, are we going to get a a a front line starter, uh, ace of the staff for less money next year? Are we going to get an ace? Uh, you know, two. I mean, at what point do you not have to have to throw in? I mean, you signed Bauer this year. We still well, you're saying I guess if he had a, he does have an opt out next year, right? After next year, right? So I mean, saying you at some point you have to jump in. You really, I mean, I don't care how much you spend. You know, I mean, of course we might, we might like Albert, Albert, you know, later on. But I just think if you don't try, and they didn't even try with Bauer, they just bailed out. I mean, at least with at least with Garrett Cole, they they were making they made a legitimate attempt. I I just look at it and go, well, this roster. Is there potential there? I do see potential there. I see a decent, a good season if they can play up to their potential. It could also be an absolute total train wreck 
and landing a guy like Trevor Bauer makes that gap so much smaller. Like it adds something to it. It's, to me, it stabilizes where you can see this team. It stabilizes the floor for sure. Okay? It picks up the ceiling. So when you're... That's me as common sense. It's almost like Captain Obvious kind of stuff. So I just... At this point, it's it's more of a conglomeration of of years of, of watching them consistently fail to add the pieces that would potentially put you in that position to win. And that's more than anything else. You're probably right. The team probably is not built to win all this year. And then you then you have to, if that's the case, you have to ask the question, well, why aren't they? And we look at the farm system and we defend the farm system some. I still will defend it. I would say that the guys like Jared Walsh, who came into his own last year, kind of shows that. I just also consider this to be a system that's not developed players well enough to make them a trade bait. Like, you are developing players, but haven't we not always criticized the fact they're not developing stars at this point? They haven't been developing the stars. They haven't, and therefore they're not developing the trade bait. And that, and that makes it also difficult. Your your options are limited. When will this system develop the stars you need to give you the ammo, the depth that you need to go beyond that level? And we've we we thought we saw it. And I, I, honestly, Jared, you could tell me more anything with last year's stoppage. What it was, it makes things harder to judge. Where are they overall in this? Yeah, that's. And that that's the tough thing. Like, and I've said it multiple times. It's you have to wash last year, but then you can't really tell where where teams in general and the Angels in particular are at. Like, is did we see Joe Adele last year? Is that what he's going to be? Probably not. Again, and I mean, we don't even know where some of these minor leaguers are. Brandon Marsh, Chris Rodriguez, Reed Detmers. Yeah, they were they were in Long Beach doing all that stuff. But I mean, were they? What what do we have to work with there at the at the end of the day? So yeah, and going back to the the farm system, you have to, you definitely have to defend it. But I I also like to look at it as, in a sense, like a college program where you recruit, you recruit, you recruit, and Billy Epler, Billy Epler was the recruiter, you know, and now all of a sudden they don't, you don't get to see the, the, the outcome of it. You know, you don't mm-hmm. get to see what what actually happened with it all. You know, we're, we're just seeing we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg with it, with Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh and and everybody, everybody else that's come up. I mean, Patrick Sandoval has come up. We saw him. Jose Suarez was a Jerry uh, Jerry Depoto guy. Um, Griffin Canning was a pitcher that the that Epler drafted, and he's been pretty solid up there. So, you know, it's it's tough to say that they haven't really produced pitching because. I mean, Sandoval's been up in the major leagues, and Canning's produced at the major league level and is going to be a starter, and those are the two big, I guess, in a sense, big dogs that they've gotten, pitching-wise. So, I mean, it, it's it's tough, and I feel like now I'm just going back and defending Billy Epler more and more, which, I don't know, I it's probably a good thing, probably a bad thing. But, again, I, I feel like it is, in a sense, like, I like to put it as a college program. You know, you, you recruited, you recruited, you recruited for four years, and you don't get to see your seniors play. You know, you got fired before your seniors get to play. Get to play what they get to do. All mm-hmm. you guys are juniors, and you know it, it, it's just it's just tough to it's tough to see that. that. That that's what I said last year. I said, you know, the whole when they uh, 
you know, they said we, me and Derek and, and even you have been talking about this plan. They had this plan, this plan. And then mid plan, they just, oh, blow out, blow out the manager, blow out the general manager. It's like, okay, I, I defended you for a whole season for having a plan. And now you've just blown the plan straight out of the water. And, and But then, actually, they really haven't blown the plan state out of the water because they're doing exactly the same thing that we've been doing the last couple of years. Let me ask you this, though. And, and I've never – I think we had this discussion last, uh, two, years, two years ago. Okay, at what point do you not consider a Herschel Walker type – I think I, I know I, I know that Derek will know what I'm talking about. I'm not sure if Jared will talk. A Herschel Walker type trade of Mike Trout to like whatever, uh, get great prospects, get some, you know, fill out the whole team. Uh, I mean, and definitely in the pitching department with what you could get. And and are are do we just leave? Or is he? Uh, or is Mike Trout going to be Willie Banks and he's just going to hire a, a, a retire a happy uh, angel? Well, the White Sox are a, a perfect example of that. Went out and traded uh, Chris Sale, and they get Yohan Mankata, Michael Kopech, a couple couple more prospects I'm going to forget about. And then they go and trade Jose Quintana to the Cubs, and they get Eloy Jimenez. So, yeah, you, you know, I, I, I'm not going to – I would never say go trade Mike Trout. But that thought has crossed my head, like, you know, maybe Mike Trout is the issue in a sense. Not play-wise – or anything like that, but it would almost be better to get what you can, you know, for Trout, the Elo Jimenez, the uh, Yuan Mankata, the Michael Kopech, the Dylan Cease type of guy that you'd get in those type, that type of trade, or and even for Anthony Rendon in a sense as well, though I think you get the return that the Rockies got for Arenado for Rendon because the contracts are there. But, yeah, you know, the thought has always crossed my head, you know, like, what what if you do trade Mike Trout? And I'm not interested. I'm not interested in trading Mike Trout at all. That's not a good idea, because and it will never happen because Artie Moreno makes too much money off of it. But yeah, you know, it, it probably would make the Angels a better team because you're filling a lot of holes with a lot of young good players. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 in that with you. I, I it crosses my mind all the time. Like what what can you get for Trout? I would say this. Um, and I, I just remember I wrote this article a couple of weeks before. Actually, it was just days I think before Trout signed, and I actually made the argument to trade him. And then I felt mm-hmm. like a fool when he signed the extension instead. But years later, the question does come up. I mean, should they have traded him? Should they trade at this point? If you're going to rebuild, just do a rebuild. If not, then. Why? Because I think fans are more tired of seeing this team stuck in neutral than they are than they would be if the team had either went for it at this point or if they had gone the other way and gone for a rebuild at this point. Stop being in neutral. Would fans have been mad at at trading Trout? Yeah. If they had clear direction of what this team was doing, they'd get over it. And they would probably embrace it. I would see it this way. When I talk, I forget it was it Patrick McCarthy over there in, in Houston a couple years back, and and I, you know the big question for him was when they tore the team down. Houston's management basically told the fans, "Listen, this is going to be a tough couple of years. 
but we're going to come back and be champions once it's over and done with. Now, put aside all the cheating stuff, but the point is that the fans were communicated with, this is the plan, this is how we're going to do it, and this is where we're going to be with it. And they got on board, and they suffered through it. And then they got themselves called World Series titles. With, with, under questionable circumstances, yes, but they did get their titles. So my point is this. Would Angels fans embrace that if they if they finally had an idea of what this team's direction is? Well, I, I can tell you Dallas didn't embrace trading Herschel Walker until they won a couple Super Bowls. And then it all became clear. And then in retrospect, you see what an absolute theft uh, Dallas, uh, you know, committed uh, in that trade. So, I mean, playoffs, I think, heal anything. And, I mean, you're talking to a guy who has trout jersey, trout bobbleheads, trout, you know, I'd love me some trout. But um, I'd also like to make the playoffs at some point. And and I do. That's what I was referencing, Derek, was you, you, you did take that article and I think I was firmly against you saying, and I still kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm not calling for it. I'm just saying it's like, if you trade my trout, it better work out. Cause if it doesn't, uh, you are the Boston Red Sox <laughs> who traded a, uh, right. They traded Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, I'm not even calling for it either. Forever. I mean, I'm not even calling for it either. I, I, I was conflicted when I wrote that article. I was trying to think as logically as possible. And it's the same now. I'm not, you know, fans make it upset with us for even bringing that back up again. But at, at this point, it's in the back of my mind. When do you want to start over? Now, yeah, they just signed Rendon last year. They're not going to go off and, and trade anybody. I think that ship's probably sailed. But it does linger in the back of my mind, for sure. Jerry, any last thoughts on that? Hold on, wasn't the title of that article you wrote like uh, Chase Trout out of town on a rail? Does no, like no, 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 no. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, as a player, I love Mike Trout, and I want him to be an angel for his entire career. I was just trying to think logically in terms of what's best for the organization as a whole because it's more about, to me, if you're an Angels fan, it's more about the uniform than the player. I agree. Jared, any yeah. last thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, John said it well. Winning cures a lot. You know, you make it to the playoffs this year. Whether you win, whether you win the World Series or not, you make it to the playoffs. A lot of stuff gets forgotten. A lot of stuff gets forgotten, you know. And then you can probably kind of feel that. You can kind of feel that way. Maybe not as much, but I feel like you can kind of feel that way with the Rams this year. <laughs> you know, they didn't make it to the playoffs the year before. And now they make it to the playoffs again this year. Don't win. Don't make it to the Super Bowl, but you know they're there, and a lot of stuff gets forgotten. Of course, here before and now, Goff gets traded and all that stuff. But again, winning winning cures a lot. And I mean, Derek, you watch you watch the winning team in the Rams a lot, and you you know what that feeling is. Yeah, but here's the difference too with with the Rams at this point. Watching the team, we know there are two gaps: the linebacking core, and I know. Fans didn't want to hear Jared Goff was kind of stuck in neutral himself. So the easy fix was to go ahead and move Goff. I mean, if they're trying to win a Super Bowl now, it's the guy I do. For the Angels, this organization, is its roster is so 
I'm not even sure if it's balanced. I mean, it's just... Let me say that they are in neutral, period, across the board. Who are they? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish? And more than anything, I'm confused. But I do want to end this show on a, on one note, though, and that is this. No matter where they are, when you got guys like Rendon, Fletcher, Trout, Otani, if they keep them healthy, in the lineup, this is a fun team to watch, still. And I would still encourage people to go out there and enjoy the team, the guys they got, because... They are a fun team to watch. The pitching there, though, is going to be a problem. And it'll be another year of us hoping they can outslug the opposition. And last year they didn't get hot in enough time to do so. But it'll still be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. And then one last one last thing on this. I mean, wouldn't you compare the Angels where they're at now to where the Rams were when they had Jeff Fisher? Uh, I would say... 2016-ish, when they went 4-12, and they weren't talent-wise a 4-12 and team. They were very close to being a playoff team, talent-wise. They had, they had to make some changes coming in, but it was mostly culture. And with the Angels right now, I think a lot of it is culture. What is your culture, and what is your attitude towards finding those pieces you need? The Rams went and got the pieces they needed, and they were immediately a division winner. What are the Angels doing? That's to me the big difference: culture and filling your finding your pieces. Where are your pieces got? Where are they fit? And they haven't done it yet. And I'm wondering about this. This was a winning culture ten years ago. What happened to it? So, all right. I think I think I I don't have anything else to say here. John, you got anything? No. Hey, did, did, well, this isn't football related, but did you? Amazon used to have a show. I don't even know if they have it anymore. That used to uh, all or nothing. Uh, it, it show it chronicled the whole season for the Rams that year. And then at the end, yeah, with the Rams, it was Jeff Fisher's last season. I watched it; it was very fascinating. the The players loved Jeff Fisher. They were they loved him. They loved him. They didn't love him enough to keep him. Part was because he had a, because as Todd Gurley called it a middle school offense. Oh, I know, they, but I mean, they they were yelling at each other in the in the locker. So that was because uh, what the the hard knocks does the preseason, but this was it filmed the whole season and you watched it from in mm-hmm. retrospect after the season was over, and uh, that whole season, the whole the they were yelling at each other to play for Jeff Fisher, da 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 da. You know, everybody was getting up, and, and you know, of course, they disappointed, and, they dis- and he ended up losing his job. I just thought it was fascinating because you hear so much stuff about Jeff Fisher. Uh, I haven't heard about it in a long time. I doubt you guys just brought it up. I remembered that. and uh, But the players really loved it. So, uh, I mean, for whatever that's worth, it wasn't worth much. But it was pretty it. good. You should watch it, Jared. Jared. should. All right, Jared. Ball's in your court. Last thought? I want baseball season. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, All hey, right. hey, we going scores? We going scores today for uh, Super Bowl? Well, I mean, this is going to air on Wednesday, but sure, okay. why not? I'm not going to score. I'm going seven rings to one after this Super Bowl. Boom. Drop okay. them. Okay. All right. <laughs> I said it here. Okay. Uh, you want to go with this one there, Jared? It's hard to bet against Brady. It really is, but I mean, Mahomes is pretty damn good too. No, <laughs> don't do it, Jared. Who's your pick? I don't even know if I'm going to watch the game. All right, so 
the the athletic did a did a uh, count on its predictions here, and I think twenty five of their writers had the Chiefs win and only nine for the Bucks. I think that I really think that teams are us. Oh, geez, I think they're underestimating Tampa Bay, and I think that when you look at Tampa's roster, that is a loaded roster with a lot of talent. I'm going Tampa Bay. I'm going Tampa Bay. Especially with two offensive linemen on the, for the Chiefs hurting. I'm going Tampa Bay. Okay. All right. You said it here. Okay. So, all that said, you can follow me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can follow John at Jace Crane. John, you can follow Jared at Jared underscore Tim's. Talking Halos is also on Twitter at underscore, well, at, just at Talking Halos. We're out of here till next time. Take it easy. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.